Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will finish up his message, which has been titled, Bear Witness. This is the first message in a series which is also entitled, Bear Witness. The text for this message is Acts chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, please turn to Acts chapter 1 as we join in with Pastor Chuck. Which leads me to our third point, the perspective Verses 6 and 7, the perspective. Verses 6 and 7. So when the Lord had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season that the Father has fixed by his own authority. By his own authority. I can hear Jesus in kind of his old school parenting way say this. Hey, stay out of grown folk business. I can, I can hear the Lord in this moment Saying like this, listen, that ain't your business, no. Stay out of grown folk business. Here's what I need you, I need you to keep the perspective, I need you to keep this focus. And here's what perspective means. It means the capacity to view things in their true relations or relative importance. Here's what I need you to focus on right now. I need you to focus on being a witness for me. The day and time of my return is not important for you because if you're like me, I have learned how to procrastinate. And so the Lord is not caught. You don't know the day of the Lord's return is nearer than it ever was. And he said when he comes, he's coming like a thief in the night. We don't know. That's not for us to know. But he says, while you're waiting, again, that point of while you're waiting, I want you to wait with hope, with confident expectation. That was Titus 2 calls us to do. As the grace of God has appeared, it also calls us to wait for the blessed appearing of that great day when our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is thrown. So while we're waiting, we need to be witnessing. And that's what he says I need you to focus on. You witness because it's not my will that any should perish. I came to save the world. I didn't come, John chapter 3, verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And how does he go about doing that in earth? He's still doing that through his body, known as the believers, his disciples, and he wants us to witness while we wait that he is good and beside him there is no other savior. He's about to ascend and he's been teaching them for the last three plus years that this is not something that you can just ignore. This needs to have urgency and take priority in your life. This is not a teaching moment in this moment. He spent three years and some change doing that. He says, now this is a listen and follow my instructions moment because time is of the essence. He says, listen, I want you to stay in my word, not in the weeds. This is a stay in my word, not in the weeds moment. Don't get caught up in those things that will entangle you. You know one of the things I love about Psalm 23, and we just looked at that? He says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup with oil. As a shepherd, one of the things that the shepherd used to do for the sheep, he would anoint the sheep. They would put oil on the sheep because as the sheep would be in certain pastures and things like that, there were thickets. 
briar bushes, if you will, that they could get caught up in and they would get stuck in. And what the oil would do, it would help, it would do two things. One, if they got caught in there, the oil could be placed on there to provide healing for the scars that they received when they got caught up in the thickets. The other thing they would do, if, he, if the shepherd was proactive in doing it, if they got caught in the thickets, they would easily come out and they would have less injury or no injury at all. So what, I'm, what am I saying with that? The Lord wants us to stay in his word because there's less of a chance that injury is going to happen. And if it does happen, you will know that he's the healer and that he can provide restoration in your life and that you will have this overflow of proof that your God is with you and that he loves you and that he'll never leave you. And you can bear witness to someone else if they get caught up in like, no, no, let me tell you how the Lord saved me. Let me tell you how the Lord delivered me and my place of healing. Let me tell you how the Lord anointed me. There's a God who is perfect in all his ways and his name is Jesus Christ our Lord. So here's what I want to do. Well, how, do we, how do we keep a kingdom perspective here at Rebuild? In addition to what I previously mentioned about feasting on the word and serving and things of that nature, prayer and fasting, what we're doing in this season. Let me ask this question. If God answered all of our prayers over the last week alone, whose kingdom would have benefited more, Mises or Jesus? If God answered all of our prayers just over the last week alone, whose kingdom would have benefited more? Mises or Jesus? One of the ways that we help to continue to have a healthy perspective here at Rebuild is through praying together. Individually and corporately, the spiritual discipline of prayer is important. Uh, Ian Bounds, one of the prayer warriors that I've mentioned to you before who studied prayer for a number of years and wrote a whole number of books on prayer, he says the word of God is the food by which prayer is nourished and made strong. The word of God is the food by which prayer is nourished. That's why we, that's why we have our word warm-ups. That's why we get into the word before we pray, because the word of God is the food by which prayer is nourished and made strong. And then we remind God of who he is and what he says he do. And according to John chapter 15, verse 7, he said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. That's not a way to manipulate God to do anything we want him to do. But if his word is in us, and we're abiding in him, we're always going to ask according to his will. God is longing to fulfill his will, will here in the earth. Here's the last point I want to give you, power. There's the preparation that we see in this. There's the promise. There's the perspective. And now let's get into the power. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We can read it this way, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses in Durham and in Raleigh and in Cary and in Apex and in Greensboro and to the very ends of the earth. Power to bear witness that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's Savior, he's Redeemer, he's Restorer, he's Waymaker, Miracle Worker, might, uh, a Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. That's who our God is and forever will be, that he is the truth, the way, and the life. He wants us to receive that power so we can be ones who are testifying and being the ones who, who give evidence 
evidence, who give proof, and are the evidence, and are the evidence proof, uh, and are the evidence or proof of his salvific work here in the earth. From this point, the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon us, right? Here's three things that I want to just give you. This is not an exhaustive list, but three quick things I want to show you what the Holy Spirit gives us power to do within this. One, it gives us the power to be transformed. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 through 18 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, right? He's conforming us more into His image and likeness. Not just individually, He's doing that corporately. So with one voice, Romans 15, what we're fasting and praying through, so with one for us, we can give him glory. Here's the, here's the B part, letter B of, of, of point number four. Letter B is to testify of him. He gives us power to testify. Acts 10 verse 42, later on we'll see this, and he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be the judge of the living and dead. We are to testify that there is no other way to salvation except through Jesus Christ. There is no other way by which man must be saved except through that great name, that great person, Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's letter C. Let us see to show us about what the Holy Spirit, again, this is not exhaustive list. These are the three quick hitters that I want to give to you right now. Triumph. His, the Holy Spirit gives us power to triumph. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads, listen, and through us, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. How are we striving to do that here at Rebuild Fellowship? Well, here's one of the ways that we learn how to be a witness and serve uh, and be a fragrance everywhere. It's through our Logos, the mission arm of the church. Logos is uh, the Greek word for word, for, for, for the word of God, right? Uh, uh, um, uh, in the beginning was the word and word with God. It's, it's the logos. It's the embodiment of Jesus. It's, it's so much richness there in logos. But it's also serving as an acronym for us as it relates to our external efforts to make Christ known and glorious here in our day and in our time through the people of God at Rebuild. It's our local outreach, global outreach. The S is for sending sinner. I have a vision that our church is going to have a whole mission arm of the church, like, like a mall, like a department store. This, this is like an anchor store of the whole church that is our missions arm, and that covers our local missions, our global missions, our church, domestic church planning efforts, and our college outreach. These, these are the four areas that's in our log. So these are our external efforts to get the gospel out, to be witness bearers of him through these efforts. Again, it's our local missions, what we do in our local community, in our local context. It's what we do globally. We want to go uh, overseas and on mission and to some of these places that the gospel has never been proclaimed or to partner in with places that still needs the gospel to be proclaimed. And we will love, one of the passions that I have is to see more people of color go on the global 
global mission field. And so we're striving to do that here at Rebuild. And then also planting churches within various cities within these United States borders, and then also making an impact on our college campuses, the next generation of, of ambassadors for Christ that we can give home. So these, uh, uh, this is one of the ways that we're able to do that. And you can become a part of our Logos ministry and serving by texting the word serve to that number that is pinned on your screen. We are trying to do our best to be agents of change here in the earth. Now, here's the last thing I'm I'm going to call you to. Here's the last thing right here. Conclusion, verses 9 through 11. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. There's more proof. But this proof also is the promise of the son. The son said, I'm coming back. I'm going to return. So we got the promise of the father, the Holy Spirit to give us the bad witness. But here in this moment, here's additional proof that he is who he said he is and forever will be. And in this, embedded in this, is the promise that the son that said, I will return one day to restore all things back to his proper state. But while you're waiting for the second coming, we just celebrated his first coming through Advent season. And now as we celebrate and remember and reflect and get to know more of what it means about his second coming, we witness while we wait. We take on the mantle that the Holy Spirit has given us to do, giving us to do, and we take on his power And we go fulfill his purpose because in that purpose, he gave us a promise. And here's that promise, the promise of Jesus. He says, go into all the world, preach the good news, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what you have observed, what I've taught you to do. And he said, listen, I'm with you to the end of the age. I paraphrase that, but he said, I'm with you to the end of the age. I'll never leave or forsake you. It's necessary that I go. I need to send the Holy Spirit. The one who will comfort you, the one who will help you, the one who will be an advocate, the one who will give you power. And I'm going to work through my entire body so you all can do greater works. Advance my kingdom that the gates of hell shall not be able to prevail against. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck begins the next message in the Bear Witness series.